the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to today's edition of The Plum Line, brought to you by Reasons for Hope, training and equipping a new generation to stand boldly on the Word of God. You can find information about them at r4h.com. That's the letter R, then F-O-R-H.com. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph. On the broadcast, I'll be joined by women's speaker and author, Trisha Goyer, as we talk about loss as a lifeline to God from a biblical perspective. Stay tuned for a great discussion. You can reach out to me and share your thoughts anytime at this email, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Plum is P-L-U-M-B. Theplumlineradio at gmail.com. While all of you in the Plumline listening family hopefully accept what the scriptures teach, that doesn't mean you have to sleep like the ancient Israelites did with a rock for a pillow and palm branches or fig leaves for a covering. You can rest in the comfort of my pillow sheets, mattress topper, comforters and blankets, and of course pillows, while dressed in your cozy, comfy my pillow pajamas. And if you call to order right now, you can save up to 80% on many of their fine products by using the Plumline promo code. Just call this number, 800-613-6167, and the promo code will be entered in for you, 800-613-6167. Or simply visit this link, mypillow.com slash plumline. That's mypillow.com slash plumline. And don't forget the B at the end of plum, P-L-U-M-B, mypillow.com slash plumline. Support for The Plum Line is provided by these fine business sponsors, EPS Wealth Management of Phoenix, who serves clients in several states. Call them for a no-cost, no-obligation conversation about your financial concerns, 623-537-3657. And Simple Turn, their online health resources teach your kids how health really works and how to avoid 90% of chronic disease. Get your family's free health course at mysimpleturn.com. On today's edition of The Plum Line, I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and I'm excited to be joined by Trisha Goyer. Trisha is an author, speaker, and homeschooling mom to 10 children, and I think she said four are left at home. I'll find out for sure in just a second here as we say hi to her. But uh, we're going to talk about a couple of different uh, subjects, interrelated subjects, I guess, over the course of two broadcasts with Trisha. The first is going to be dealing with loss as a lifeline to God. We'll look at these issues as we always do on the plumb line from a biblical perspective. Welcome to the broadcast, Tricia. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and was I right there? Four left at home yet? Four left at home. We have a 19-year-old who's trying to figure out what she wants to do with her life, and then three <laughs> that I'm still homeschooling. Oh, wow. Ha, huh, ha. Huh. And so, well, I'm curious, how many grandchildren, too, then? We have 13 grandchildren. 13, wow. So, 
they're yeah family photos are fun trying to get everyone <laughs> together for those no kidding praise god my wife and i just had our first the last year so we're excited to be in that grandparenting stage and my very first question you and i talked about this before we started the recording is uh, you were telling me you've written like uh, over 90 books and mm-hmm. i just uh, was flabbergasted because my family we homeschool too and as i said in the introduction you do and how do you write that many books as a homeschooling mom of 10? Yeah, well, that's a good question. And I started writing when I had three little ones at home. So my oldest was like five all the way down to a two-year-old. And every day I would set aside a couple hours. And this is mommy's writing time as, you know, I set out Play-Doh. And, you know, this is aging me, put on Barney the Dinosaur on the VHS <laughs> player. So that's that's really aging me. That oldest one is 34 now. And, and over the years, I went to writers' conferences and got little book projects and started getting more book projects as we started going along. And then when our youngest biological son was 15, then we started adopting. So our seven of our kids are adopted. You know, the youngest was a newborn, the oldest was 15. And so really over the years, I've just actually added more kids into the writing. So the writing was there kind of all along. And then I just started adding more kids. And personally, for me, my writing is my like creative break. So where a lot of people think, oh my goodness, writing a book, which it is a lot of work. But for me, being able to be creative, I wrote both fiction and nonfiction, being able to conceive the story kind of fuels me. And so it's actually, um, you know, when I need to break, I'm like, I'm going to go write for a while. <laughs> and so that's kind of how it works in our family. Yeah. When you have that many kids, you've got a lot to write about too, I suppose. <laughs> exactly. Lots of examples to put in those books. <laughs> Plenty of material. Awesome. Yes. Well, as I said, we're going to talk about, uh, I just happened to come across an email and I found out how now is my daughter must have subscribed to your devotionals, which is fantastic. And so I came across one of those in our email box that said, loss is a lifeline to God surrendering in the face of heartbreak and challenges. And I'm just going to read kind of the opener here and have you comment a little bit about this subject that we're going to be talking about. You write, in the hustle of trying to keep up with the world's pace, we often forget that our life isn't about doing more. It's also about surrendering and seeing loss as a lifeline to God. And you go from there into the fact that this takes a shift in perspective, and amen to that, because we are so busy, we are so encompassed with, as you say, keeping up with the world's pace, getting done what we believe we need to get done, that sometimes we lose God in that process, don't we? Absolutely. And I think if we didn't have challenges, if we didn't have loss, if we didn't have these hard things, we would just keep plowing forward. Like we would just be decorating our house or feeding our kids or writing the books. And it's loss. It's the challenges that stop us to pause. It stops us to turn to God. Um, You know, I mentioned I'm still homeschooling three. Um, There are three youngest adopted kids. All of them have dyslexia. And, you know, before with my oldest ones when I homeschooled, I taught them. They learned. We went on. I taught them. They learned. We went on. And just yesterday I was in bed. I kind of put my pillow over my head and prayed. That's my prayer position. And saying, God, this is so hard right now. I feel that loss because these kids are struggling to learn. All three of them are dyslexic. I don't know what to do. And it was just God's 
gentle spirit, like I'm here for you. And if they just went on and were able to learn, then you wouldn't have that extra time with them reading out loud to them. The time that I have to sit there with them in school, instead of just saying, okay, you're old enough, you do your work on your own. He's like, I'm gifting you this extra time. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like it took me slowing down enough, turning to God in prayer to realize that loss of kids who can academically do well, I don't have that. So instead, I have to sit beside them. I have to read out loud to them. I have to work. And as I'm turning to God and asking Him in these daily moments, He shows me that there's a gift even in the losses, the things that I'm mourning not having. He's given us a gift in those things. Mm, Wow. And that is indeed a shift in perspective. And as you say, it invites you then to embrace and see the heartbreak and challenges in our life with purpose and grace. So I appreciate how you put that. And one thing I wanted to bring up about that is loss comes in so many different Mm -hmm. ways or forms, because what you were just sharing, it's like, I, you know, don't generally think of that as, as loss. You've got some kids who were a lot different, who are now out of the house, and now you're dealing with a different type of situation with the dyslexia. And that is indeed a loss. And it is a change, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think we do think of loss as definitely, you know, loss of loved ones through death or loss of maybe a job or loss of uh, income or loss of a location. When we moved from Montana to Arkansas, even though we had a lot of good things in Arkansas, that was that loss of the friendships and the church and the things we had. So those are kind of the bigger things. But anytime we feel that disconnect, and that discontentment in our soul, like I was yesterday with these kids, and maybe even frustration, and like, why can't things be easier? That's because we have an unrealistic expectation of how things should be. And so when we aren't getting those expectations fulfilled, that's a loss. We are thinking things should go this way. I think any time in our lives when we're feeling disconnect, when we're feeling like, why am I feeling this way? Why am I feeling like something's been taken away from me? It's because we have these expectations. And so really it is saying, okay, God, this is how I'd like things to go. Things aren't going this way. I feel I lost there. So instead, will you show me why this is happening? Or maybe we wouldn't even know why. Job in the Bible asked a lot of why questions. God did not answer all those, but we do get to see God. We do get to turn to God. We do get to go to Him for comfort when we're feeling that angst or that discontent or that unsatisfaction with where we are now. Mm, Yeah. So what I'm getting from you is at that point then is when we need to basically surrender our desires and plans to draw close to God is one way that you describe it here. That's kind of the sense that I'm getting here is what needs to take place in us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think in our world, there are so many things that can disrail us. It is those moments where we can turn to God, who has everything in his hand, who knows his desires for us, and often his desires are for us to come and draw close to him. Mm, yeah. And you're dealing kind of with this firsthand, as you were mentioning that you have a grandma who lives with you, and you've been taking care of her for some time, and it's gotten a little bit more uh, intensive, I guess, huh? Yeah, so my grandma moved in with us, um, her and my grandpa, in 1999. That's a long time ago. <laughs> so we were just young with three kids at home. My grandpa had cancer at the time when we knew that he didn't have much longer to live. And he's like, you're going to move in with Trisha. And I think he just wanted to make sure that she would be taken care of. Sure. Um, and so she's lived with us all these years. And up until last year, she's able to walk to the bathroom and get around. And last year, she had a blood clot in her lungs. and 
ever since that happened last May, she hasn't been the same. So she hasn't been able to get up and walk and get around. And it's the up and down of some days she's alert and she can talk to us. Some days she sleeps a lot. And so it is hands-on care. I have to feed her and, you know, change her and all the things. But, you know, just yesterday I walked in. Like I said, some days she talks and some days she doesn't. And I'm like, how are you, Grandma? She's like, hi, sweetie. And it was just that moment, like, okay, this is all worth it. I mean, of course, you know, we are to care for those. God says to care for the orphans and the widows. Um, but just that moment was like, okay, this is just made the last month of, you know, all the hard stuff worth it as she just in her little chipper voice said, hi, sweetie. And it's, it's those moments that God gives us as gifts. And that is a loss, you know, my loss of my grandma, not every day. She used to pray in her bedroom and sing hymns and we don't have that anymore, but it is also a joy that those little moments that God gives us to let us know that, you know, I mean, he's with grandma, he's with us, he gives me the strength and it is hard. It is a loss, but she was the one that first pointed me to God. She became a Christian when I was in elementary school. Now I could just show her my love and thankfulness for that. Mm, that's beautiful. Well, you draw in quite a few scriptures into the devotional thoughts on this subject here, and I'm going to pull up one of those right now in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, that says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And I was thinking of that one in relationship to caring for a loved one, especially when it gets mm-hmm. to that point where it's as intensive as it is right now, I'm sure, for you with your grandma. And so just share a little bit about how not only that verse, but God's Word in general has been such a comfort and encouragement to you. Yeah, and I just love that, the, you know, the first part which you read is just come to me and then all you who are weary and burdened. So Jesus knew, you know, God knows that we are going to be weary. We are going to be burdened. This world is hard. There's lots of challenges. And I love that Jesus is gentle and humble in heart. And we see how he was just so compassionate to those who did just seek him and need him and want to be close to him, those who were hurting. And so just knowing that he's like, come to me. And we never have to feel like I'm not doing enough or I'm not good enough that we can just turn to him. And also in those moments when we are overwhelmed, his spirit can be with us and it can give us peace and can give us hope. So just knowing that now we can come to him, but also that he has prepared a future for us. And we can look forward to that, that time where there's not going to be any more pain and any heartache. Yeah, there are so many small and large ways that our Savior displays his presence, his love for us, and we just rejoice over that. Trisha Goyer is my guest, and I'm going to continue with more on this topic of loss being a lifeline to God. Trisha is an author and speaker and homeschooling mom, and looking forward to hearing more from her. And I do appreciate you and the listening audience tuning in here. I hope that you will consider supporting and reaching out to the businesses and ministries that you hear during the break here as they make it possible for the show to air in your area. They have helped to cover the airtime cost. And so please do reach out to them, say thanks, utilize their services if you can. And you can reach out to me to share your thoughts or comments as well at this email, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Plum is P-L-U-M-B, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Stay tuned. Life can be tough, and sometimes we all need a helping hand. That's where Integrity Counseling Group comes in. 
At Integrity, we're not just counselors. We're your companions on the journey of healing. We believe in restoring connections with yourself, with your loved ones, and with your faith. With three welcoming locations in Mission Valley, Carlsbad, and San Marcos, plus convenient telehealth services across California, we're right by your side, San Diego. Visit us at integritycounselinggroup.com or call us anytime at 760-283-7000. 760-283-7000. Thanks for joining me for The Plum Line. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph. On the broadcast today, my guest is Trisha Goyer. Trisha is an author, speaker, and homeschooling mom, and we're talking about loss as a lifeline to God. It was kind of the subject of a devotional that I received in my email inbox from Trisha one day and thought this will make for a fantastic subject for the plumb line. And I am sure that uh, those of you in the listening audience are blessed by what Trisha has to share here. And I want to get back to some of those losses that we face in life. We were talking earlier about some that we maybe wouldn't even recognize as loss. There are the typical ones, like loss of loved ones, loss of health, loss of relationships, even loss of maybe a dream that you had. And I Mm -hmm. wish we had a little more time to get into those uh, deeply. But there's a fifth one in your list here that I wanted to dig in a little bit more deeply because I hadn't really thought about this one. Loss of identity. You mentioned this a little bit when you talked about moving from Montana to Arkansas, but even more than that, that's just a move of location here. But loss of identity really gets down to, you know, maybe it's a loss of job or divorce or whatever. These transitions like this make us struggle. And hopefully what it should do at those points is help us discover that our our real identity is found in Christ. Yeah, absolutely. And I think loss of identity can be you know, empty nest, which I still don't have a completely empty nest. But I remember when my oldest son got married and he had been living on his own for a while, but he got married and suddenly like they're away. They go away on their honeymoon. And I like halfway through, this is a bad confession. I called to check on them. He's like, mom, you're my mom. Yes. But now I'm married with a wife. Like you don't need to call and check on me. I'm like, Ooh, it's a loss of identity as that mom who every day was like checking on my child and how are they doing? And do you need anything? And Even recently, you know, for many years, I led a teen mom support group here in Little Rock, Arkansas, and I loved it. I had been a teen mom myself, so I loved connecting with those teenage moms. And after we adopted seven children in, you know, five years, (laughs) every time I would go to the meeting, there'd be a crisis at home and I'd have to leave. And I just felt God saying, like, it's okay not to do that for a season. And be with home with your kids. You have plenty going on at home. And at first, it seems like that should be logical. But for me, that loss of identity of being the support group leader, of being there encouraging these young mothers, because I was one, it was a big loss of identity. You know, I'm not that anymore. There's other wonderful women that continued that on. But I kind of missed that. And I realized, like, it wasn't the season for it. But still, I missed not having that time with those young women every week and just being able to pour into them. So whether it is jobs or ministry or different things, we kind of miss that. But it makes me go back to see, like, am I valuable just because I lead a teen mom support group? You know, before my bio would be author, speaker, homeschooling mom, teen mom leader. And so that's kind of like off the end of my biography now. But I'm still, Trisha, I'm still a child of God. I'm still a wife and a mom, you know, thankfully, that those things, when we feel like they're taken away. And so I think each of our lives, we can look and say, who am I in Christ? Who has he designed me to be? He's designed me to love and serve and care for people. But 
it doesn't have to be in this specific thing. And I think that's hard for us. If we've been in ministry, if we've been in jobs, or if we've been a parent, those things are hard to make those transitions. Mm, yeah, just you sharing that reminded me of what it was like. In fact, I just told my oldest daughter recently that uh, I literally, I don't think I've ever been in depression in my life that I'm aware of, except for a period of about uh, a week when my oldest daughter moved out of the house. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, we have seven kids. And so when the first of the seven departed, it's like, okay, this is something <laughs> monstrous. And I'm getting tears almost just talking about it. So, yeah. But I think the one of the points I want to make is just that through that, which is indeed a loss, that's really what the whole subject is about here. God is using that. That is a lifeline to him. And through that, I believe that I found God even a little bit closer to me and that he would be my strength even through times of sadness and depression over that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and it's okay to grieve. It's okay to have grief. It's okay to cry. And I think so many times, especially in our society, like we need to be brave and we need to not struggle or we don't need to let our kids know that it's hard on us. But it's okay to say, you know what? I'm having a hard day right now. I'm just going to go pray and spend time with God or you know, any of those things. I don't know where we came to it in our society where we think we always have to be strong. You know, Jesus wept when he saw the pain that Mary and Martha had over losing Lazarus. He knew he was going to raise Lazarus. He knew that he had more to show them. But in that moment, he cried with them and he let them experience their grief. And he didn't like, oh, don't worry, don't worry, don't cry. He cried with them. And I think it's okay for us. There's times now I'll tell myself when I'm sitting in my grandma's room and we can't have the conversations and I'll just sit there and allow myself to cry because I miss that. I miss her. I know she's not going to be here, you know, for another five years or I don't even know if it's five months and it's okay to grieve. So many times in the Psalms, David talks about that grief. And uh, one of my favorites is when I was talking with one of my teenagers, he says, what a worm am I? And how can all this be going wrong? And my daughter's like, well, he's so emotional. And I'm like, yeah, and maybe we need to go back and do that. Maybe we need to do that more and say, I am but a lowly worm. How could this horrible thing be happening? And cry. And because David would always turn it around and say, but God, I praise you. Like he would always in the Psalms, no matter how emotional he got, he turned it around and praised God. And so I think we can take an example and follow that more. That's awesome. And that falls into one of the takeaways that we'll wrap up with in just a moment or two here is embracing grief. And I'll have you kind of go through those takeaway points in just a bit here. But I wanted to bring up one other scripture. And this is a little bit different, I guess, from the crying that we're talking about, because it's okay, as you said, for that. But it it really isn't okay for us to build up a lot of anxiety and fear and Mm -hmm. things. And the Word makes that clear many times. It says in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, these very well-known words, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And I was just thinking again of the example here of, you know, when my daughter went off and left the home here, and I, I felt some anxiety and things over that. I felt lost, certainly, over that. But when we handle that properly, you know, with the allowing ourselves to grieve and to cry and things, but also to take that to God, we will find Mm -hmm. that peace of God. That's the only way to find that peace of God, which transcends all understanding, is by taking those anxious thoughts and all of those things to him. Absolutely. And I think 
it is realizing like, okay, yes, we're going to have that moment where we are going to be anxious. We are going to grieve, but then what do we do with that? And so I just had a friend message me and she was having a really hard day. And she's like, I, and we've been talking a lot about healthy emotions and unhealthy emotions. I've been trying to encourage and she's like, what do you do? Because I'm in the middle of very unhealthy emotions right now. So this is the message I texted back. I said, first of all, breathe. And then first breathe, second cry, third pray. Fourth, look up scripture and turn on a worship song, and then five, repeat. So basically, you know, we we are anxious, and so it's okay. We gotta take some deep breaths, cry, but then pray. Like that's what it sucks about be anxious about nothing and take your request to God. That's where that turning point is because all of us, you know, we can feel those swirling emotions, but we can also say, okay, God, and I love opening my hands palm up and saying like here you go here are these anxious thoughts or the worries or the bad day and then look up the scripture look up a psalm or like this verse philippians 4 6 and 7 or any of these scriptures where we're reminded to turn over to god and then pray and give it to him and that makes all the difference because if we just keep allowing those anxious thoughts to keep swirling and swirling and swirling, we're, we're giving them power over our mind, our thoughts, our emotions. But when we pause and we listen to God, we're turning them over to him. And that's where the peace comes. When we say, okay, I need you. I need you in this moment. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to put on a worship song and then take those deep breaths again and realize that he is there with us. You know, continuing those anxious thoughts will not lead us anywhere good, but stopping and turning to God makes all the difference. Yeah. Amen. Well, and people can find your devotional or sign up for those, I imagine, at TrishaGoyer.com? Yep, at TrishaGoyer.com. You'll be able to look under my blogs because I also post them on my blogs, and then you'll see where they can sign up to receive them regularly on there. Perfect. TrishaGoyer.com. And unfortunately, I've run myself out of time, which is actually a good thing because we're going to have a part two here. But what we're going to have to do is we will kind of wrap up this loss as a lifeline to God conversation in the second part. We'll also talk a little bit about the book of Job and some insights that God has given you from there as well on the next edition. So that'll be a nice little tease and lead in, I guess, for folks to join me for the next edition of the Plum Line. By the way, if you just happen to maybe tune in right now and miss this broadcast and said, oh, shucks, I didn't catch this. I'd really like to hear it. Well, you can find it everywhere where you go for podcasts. After the Plum Line airs on the radio, it goes up in podcast form on Spotify and all sorts of other places. So you just go there and put in the Plum Line with Jay Rudolph. You'll be able to look up this edition and any others that you want to listen to. More than 200 topics and issues covered from a biblical worldview on the Plum Line. Reach out to me and share your thoughts anytime at this email, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. We'll see you next time on The Plum Line. The Plum Line has been sponsored by Reasons for Hope. Check them out at r4h.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.